Hello. Ew. Looking all cozy. Cozy in my Gold Coast setup. <laughs> nice. Very bougie of you. Doing my Byron face <laughs> best life. <laughs> Live your best life. Yeah, it looks like you guys are having so much fun. Yes, we are. It's been so overdue, honestly. Like, I haven't taken a trip since like a proper getting on a plane trip since like six years ago going to Japan. And wow, yeah, it's like time flies, right? I know it's like so cliche to say, but I hate myself for saying that right now. But it does feel like that. Like, yeah, I mean, that was a big trip, to be fair. We were there for like six months living in a camper van. So it was like we really used up our holiday trips, but no, this is a good dear friend. And like, it was, it was time. There was also like, you know, that bit of, you know, having had my giant nervous breakdown, like those, you know, there was also initial contribution to not going anywhere pre-COVID and then COVID. So somehow it wound up being many years since I've been away, but here we are. This is the friend that you make the, you have the extra nudge to go and try. And I'm so glad I did because it's just been wonderful. Oh, that's great. How was the plane ride for you? Good. Like Honestly, like, cause I used to work as a flight attendant. It kind of felt like, you know, it, it's like when you go back to like your childhood home and you're like, it's different, but it still feels like home. Like everything feels familiar. Oh, that's great. Hi, Smokey. He went running. He oh, nervous. what is, is your Auntie Mel's Australian voice like the lure of death? Um, I think so. He's like, vroom, out of here. What is that in the background? That's uh, Shangela. She has grown. Um, she, no, it's right. She's right there. That's fine. She just has, yeah. No, she has a friend. She has a friend. Um, the friend is fake. Just so you know. Well, Shangela is going to get a complex about having that sat next to her. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, this is what you're supposed to be. Grow. (laughs) It looks like you guys have been having a great time and just eating all the good stuff too. Yeah, she's spoiling me rotten, honestly. And like, she's got a six month old. So like, I was like, we can just chill and just don't worry. But she's still spoiling me rotten and taking me everywhere and meeting the baby yeah she's a good old soul friend that's my other Angela I thought so (laughs) yeah she looks like an Angela she looks like an Angela yeah I got the good vibes I could see it on the screen I am convinced that name is like touched by the gods I'm just like Angela's are just good energy and just good people give me all the Angela's (laughs) Yes, I've never met an Angela I don't like, I'll tell you, um, except for once in high school. But I think, I think, I don't know. She just didn't like me. I don't know. <laughs> I hate people like that. It's like they have yeah. no reason, but they just don't like you. Yeah, I think because before she was the only Angela and then I came along and I was Angela too. And she could you know, not compete with the new model. 
the new model of yeah. League. <laughs> uh, welcome to Of the Publishing Persuasion. I am Angela Montoya, author of Center's Isle, to be coming out next year in the fall of 2023. And I am here with the Byron Bay herself, <laughs> the queen, queen of Australia. Uh, she is a as golden as the Gold Coast can be. Here she is, Melanie Schubert. Melanie, how are you? I am very good, my friend. And yes, I am coming to you from the sunny Gold Coast. And it is indeed sunny. <laughs> it's funny because I'm reading, I'm just at the tail end of reading Calculated, Nova's book. Because, yes, I'm oh, yeah. a slow reader, but I'm, I've gotten there. And it's so funny because there's this point in the book now where the Gold Coast randomly came up. And I was like, oh. and I'm in the Gold Coast right now. I was like, what are the chances of that? It feels somehow predestined. I don't know what for. but <laughs> It does. It really does. Well, no, I have to, I have to bounce on that because... Yeah. Our special guest today, Eric Smith, yeah. who, I mean, everybody knows and adores Eric Smith, literary agent to the stars, a star himself. He is an author. Um, but his latest book, Jagged Little Pill, which is, a, you know, um, written with, I think, with Alanis Morissette. And I am going to see her in concert tonight. That's right. Tonight. Yeah. Isn't that weird? I forgot. I know you told me this, but I did not realize it was the night of the day we filmed the podcast. There's some weird synchro destiny happening here. I don't know what it means, but I'm just like, we're in alignment. We're vibing life. <laughs> My coffee is hitting all, are. all the right chakras. <laughs> I'm so used to that. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah, we are in alignment with whatever the universe. The writing gods are on our side. I also they're listening. Like, I also feel like this is probably where superstitions are born from. People like us are like, well, I booked my concert on that night and it's lined up with our interview. So it must be destiny. <laughs> it is destiny. It was meant to happen. Yeah. How weird is that? And I wasn't sure like timing wise, if it was going to work because, you know, I just didn't know what time the concert even was, yeah. but I was like, I am not going to miss this. So I will stay at a hotel near the concert. I will do whatever I have to do, but um, it's actually only like 30 minutes away. So my friend's picking me up and I don't have to drive and I'm happy. So that's so cool. Yay. How have you Look been? Look at us. Um, I've been good. I've been, I'm going through like the revision meltdown mm. currently at this Aww. very moment. I'm giving you I a think I just, hug. Thank you. Thank you. I think I just like, um, it, like, I think honestly seeing the concept art, like just the ideas of the book cover and kind of the excitement of the imprint and you know like this is their first year out the gate and so I think I just feel like this oh shit you know like this is real they've put a lot into this book into me and I I don't want to like fail and so like and now that I'm like nitpicking every sentence you know I'm just like oh shit like 
I have a lot <laughs> that needs to be worked on. So I, I closed my laptop today and I was like, no, I'm, I'm obviously getting too up here in my brain and I need to stop and just go have fun and step away. Totally. Yeah. Do you know what though? Like it's, you could never fail because as long as you're on this journey, grinding as hard as you are, it's all part of your journey. And it's like, and by the way, I've read the very earlier Pitch Wars version of that book. And that was already a masterpiece. Even if that was on the shelves, I would like buy that and paint it all over my body. And you would have fangirls <laughs> screaming your name. So, but I know that feeling so well of like, we talked, we've talked about it before, just like the ultimate highs you can feel and like the ultimate lows. And it's so stark. Only other writers understand it. It's like one day you can literally be like, I am the gift. <laughs> and the next day it's like, I am literal trash with nothing to offer this industry. And it's going to pass. But I'm th- proud of you for like giving yourself a day because I think when you're feeling like that, that's the right choice. Because working in that headspace is like torture, actually. It's torture because you just feel yeah. so overwhelmed by things. And the best thing to do is step away and remember life outside of writing and just how fabulous you are in and of yourself. And that shines in everything you write, you know? Yeah, I I. Thank you. Yeah, I agree. I think honestly, like having these conversations Mm. has kind of helped me shift of like, okay, you know, like I'm feeling this way. It's not the end of the world. Like just take a break. It's fine. You know, mental health and your well-being comes first over everything. And so like, I think maybe if I were in this spot a few months ago, I would have just kept going and like pushed and pushed but now I feel like since we've talked so much about the importance you know and and I we had uh with Lakin you know just being able to to sit back and focus on what matters and that's you no matter what so gotta do it it. yeah it's like I was just chatting about this with my friend like yesterday we went out we went to cafes whatever and then kind of at a random point in the day, the baby got a poopy nappy and we just like had to pull out under a tree and change the nappy. And it was like, we're both wired that way. That was like our favorite part of the day, just laying in the grass in like under this tree, changing the shitty nappy. We just lay there in the grass for like an hour, just shooting the breeze. And it's like the, it, those moments always remind me that this is what life is about. Like those, the big moments, they come and they go and they're like, Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad, but it's like those little treasured moments, like with a good friend, with yourself, where you kind of like, I don't know, it it makes you able to appreciate the big moments when they happen, you know, which we've talked about. And it's just, I'm really feeling that a lot lately. It's like this, it's like how Lakin said, it's weird that the guests that come on and the conversations that happen kind of align with what you're going through at the time. It's so, such a peculiar phenomenon. I... <laughs> Another myth will be born from it, no doubt. (laughs) But you've been grinding so hard as well. Like it's basically been nonstop for you since Pitch Wars. 
Like it's yeah. hard to keep that level of energy. It's actually, I think, impossible to keep that the energy high all the time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like after we had our pitch uh, draft race, I crashed yeah. after that. And and I just let myself crash. I'm like, we're good. <laughs> so I do. I put so much energy into whatever I'm doing yeah. that sometimes I got to take it back in. I got to sit and watch a K-drama. I got to do something. So yes. concert, whatever. I went and saw Margie yesterday at her house. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. It was, How did it, go? Sure. it was so like we went to actually like the intention was to do a little writing, you know, like hang out and write. Yeah. Um, we didn't open our laptops at all. I was there for like four or five hours and we just chatted the whole time because we haven't actually really just like been together because yeah. just COVID and crazy. Right. So yeah. it was so fun. She has the coolest like cottage in the world. She is I a vibe. That. I can imagine that. That's for her. <laughs> yeah. Oh, as soon as I walked in, I'm like, this is, this is so cool. Was, she had like dark blue walls with gold framed, beautiful art and just plants. And I love her. <laughs> well, we're going to have another creative on the show right now. Yeah. Eric Smith, I cannot wait. I I am thrilled to sit down and chat with him. So yeah. do you want to uh, read his bio in case I glitch? Sure. I'm going to use that as the excuse. <laughs> you just dumped this one on me because it's such a long, um, prestigious bio. This is a lot to read. I mean, like it is a killer of a bio. So <laughs> yeah, Eric Smith is a young adult author and literary agent with P.S. Literary Living in Philadelphia. His latest book, Jagged Little Pill, the novel, collaboration with Alana Smorissette, Academy Award winner Diabolo Cody and Glenn Ballard is an adaptation of the Grammy and Tony Award winning musical. I just had to stop there for a moment. Like I've read that before, but every time I read it, I'm just like, he's such a gangster. Like, come on. <laughs> His recent- Straight up gangster. Straight up. <laughs> His recent publishing gangster. <laughs> His recent books include You Can Go Your Own Way, Inkyard Press, and the acclaimed anthology Battle of the Bands, Candlewick, co-edited with award-winning author Lauren Giobaldi. It's currently being adapted for film by Playground Entertainment. His novel, Don't Read the Comments, was a Y-A-L-S-A, I had to go slow for that one, Y-A-L-S-A, 2021 Best Fiction for Adults selection. The paperback is out now. He has short stories and essays and anthologies, Color Outside the Lines by Sangu Mandana, Soho Teen, Body Talk by Kelly Jensen, Alonquim, Allies by Dana, Alison Levy, and Shakira Bowen, DK, All Signs Point to Yes by Candice Montgomery, Cara Davis Aro, and Adrienne Russell Inkyard, and Adoptee to Adoptee by Nicole Chung and Shannon Gibney Harper. His other books include the Indie Bound bestseller, The Geek's Guide to Dating, quote, through Quirk, Inked, Bloomsbury, and Anthology, Welcome Home, through Flux, and contemporary fantasy novel, The Girl and the Grove, also through Flux. His writing is represented by none other than the Jennifer Azantian at Azantian Literary, which blew my mind when I read it, because obviously she's been our guest and I just love her. Yes, I had no idea, and... I w when I saw that, I was like, it makes total sense. Yeah, it makes total sense. 
Oh, your hair looks great. Did you zhuzh it? <laughs> yes, I did. I was looking a little flat because I just took a shower. So my hair's still drying. But... Same, same. Mine's so flat. It looks glorious, whatever you did. Okay, I'm going to let him in. We're recording. Let's do this. Hey, Melanie. Hey, Angela. How's it going? Hi. Hi, Eric. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. This is wonderful. Thank you for joining us. We were so excited. We were just actually reading over your bio before hopping on with you. And we okay. were just in awe. And uh, <laughs> Melanie called you a literary gangster, which I agree. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Amazing. Yeah. Now, uh, let's get right into it, because we have so much to ask you. Um, of course. Yeah. You know, just been following your journey. And uh, I think I first want to say I heard about you like through Pitch Wars, I want to okay. say. And then yeah. ever since then, I've just been watching. <laughs> <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about your journey, where it all started? Were you a writer first or an agent first? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I was pretty much always a writer. You know, I was one of those like cliche kids with like the typewriter at home, which I, I guess sort of ages me a little bit. But like we had a... Uh, you know, a word processor in my house as a kid, and I would write little stories and give them to my friends. And I, I desperately hope no one still has any of those stories in their in their respective houses. And uh, yeah, I went to college for for English. Uh, I went to grad school for English uh, with the goal to be a writer and work in publishing. Um, it, it it took a little while to get to where I wanted to be. You know, I. Uh, Let's see, I, I applied for endless jobs in New York City right out of graduate school. I, I really couldn't get a foot in the door uh, based in Philadelphia. Uh, and then I got lucky. I, I got contacted by a publisher in Philly who wanted me to do social media and digital marketing and fun stuff like that for them. And that was uh, Quirk Books. I spent, oh goodness, um, like six years there before I, I jumped into becoming an agent. Um, you know, I still want to be in working like, on the books as opposed to marketing them and becoming an agent was the next best thing. Um, it was a little hard to become an editor uh, when you're in Philly and there's only two publishing houses. So yeah, agenting it was. Um, during that whole time though, while I was working in publishing, I was writing and, and, and trying to, oh God, I wrote a lot of essays and tried to do short fiction. I was just kind of bad at all of it. Um, and, and it, I didn't really realize it until uh, like I started like actively trying to pitch stuff around. Um, like it took a minute to really find what it was I wanted to be working on. And it all kind of happened by accident. I, um, I started writing about video games and, and relationships was sort of my thing. I was writing about like the friendships you discover in the game Chrono Trigger and uh, oh God, like the, the, way adoption and family is portrayed in like Final Fantasy games. And they, they ended up going a little bit viral. And one day my boss at the publishing house called me upstairs and he's like, hey, we have a book idea. Uh, it, we want to do a, a dating book about relationships and where you talk about video games and we think you should write it. And that's how it, it kind of started. Um, yeah, I, I kind of got, I got lucky building my platform there. Yeah, that's that so is amazing. How cool is that? Like to be there already and then be presented with this um, idea. How freaking fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was really great. I actually, I thought I was getting fired because uh, he, he had called me and it was like in the morning and he was just like, oh, I need to see you upstairs. Can you come upstairs? I was like, oh, man. 
They figured out, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, I'll go up at the end of the day after I spend all day looking at jobs and they fire me, you know, so that was good. <laughs> <laughs> Always a good start. <laughs> I hate that feeling though. It's like the principal's <laughs> office every time. Automatically your brain is like, what did I do? I deserve it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and, and it was while I was there at the publishing house that I, I kind of fell into young adult books. I, um, you know, I kept trying to write. I, I thought I was going to be like a literary fiction writer. I am not a literary fiction writer. And uh, we were working on this book called Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. And I, I hadn't read a YA novel in forever. And I had to do the marketing for this book. And I was like, how am I supposed to market this book if I don't read YA books really anymore? So this was in 2011, I, I wanna say. And I, I read uh, a whole bunch of YA that had, had been out at the time, like Beth Revis and who else had books out at the time? Anna Banks, I read Anna Banks. Um, you know, there were a couple in that, in that batch. And I was like, oh, this is it. This is what I should be reading and writing. This is the voice that I gravitate towards. Like very young, very immediate, very everything is intense and, and stakes driven because you're a kid and everything feels that way. And uh, that was it. That's what that's what started me trying to write YA books. So, uh, yeah. Thank you, Ransom Riggs. <laughs> that, that's yeah, yeah. yes. Ransom. I mean, Miss Peregrine's Peregrine's Home for Peculiar. That that series was so different too it was just one of those it was eye-catching anytime you went to the store it was right there and the pictures inside the book like i yeah i have them all just to look at them sometimes. <laughs> i have to admit i haven't read them but i've seen them everywhere i was more of a i have that same like kind of refinding ya and like I don't know did we grow up without ya i feel like i was reading middle grade when i was a young adult mm. But like finding like Lainey Taylor and the Hunger Games, I mean, I know they're such obvious ones, but just like, I love reading again when I found them. And, you know, like I'd had such a dry spell for like years and years of not really reading and just finding those things and being like, yeah, it's so the pacing, it's so I can't put it down better than a movie. And it's just such a wonderful thing to rediscover when you do. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah, it had been a while because when I was a teenager, when I was a teenager, I was mostly reading up. You know, I read a lot of read a lot of Michael Crichton for whatever reason. And then um, what was the other books? I read a lot of the the Magic the Gathering novels, which I guess isn't reading up, but I read a whole bunch <laughs> of those. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, hadn't, I wasn't really reading YA. <laughs> yeah, now that you say that, I seem to remember sneaking quite a few Daniel Steele novels off the bookshelf at a very young age. You know, we all did it. <laughs> yep. Why not? Just hide them under your bed. It's fine. Nobody has to know. Mom doesn't need that. <laughs> so what sort of uh, genres do you represent, Eric? Yeah. So in my agent life, I, I work on a little bit of everything, you know, in the nonfiction space. I work on memoir and essay collections, cookbooks. Um, pop history, wellness books, uh, witchcraft books, um, you know, all kinds of stuff. Uh, and then in fiction, uh, I work on middle grade and young adults. Um, and then I work on like genre blendy literary fiction. So like, mm. you know, maybe it's a, it's a family drama, but there's time travel. Or maybe it's a, a, a friendship breakup, but maybe there's a dragon. You know, like there's just something weird in the middle of it that, that makes it uh, kind of complicated. So like, 
if it feels like the time traveler's wife or it feels like station 11 that's the kind of book that, I, that i'm drawn to as an adult mm. well i can only imagine how many times or how many books and manuscripts you know come yeah. through your emails onto your desk what is something that really just makes it stand out to you mm. is it oh. voice or just that little bit of magic I mean, it has to be like a unique story, you know, something about it has to stand out from like everything else, you know, and I, I read a lot. I have a pretty big bookshelf. Um, it, it needs to feel different and, and, and fresh compared to what I've been seeing. Um, voice is a big thing. Pace is a big thing. Voice is that kind of thing that I feel like you can't, you can't really teach it. You know, it's like the writer's style and what they're going for and like mm. the result of all the books that they've read over the course of their life has amounted to the way that they now write. Uh, so, so voice is a really big thing for me. Um, yeah, just a standout story, great voice, great pace. And then it's very clear they understand the space that they're writing. You know, if I'm reading a rom-com, I want to be laughing, you know, and I, and I want it to be sweet and I want to, know that they're going to break up and get back together. You know, I want to, I know that there's going to be a happy ending there. Like I can tell that the book follows the rules and if it's breaking the rules, uh, it's breaking them because it knows what the rules are, you know? Ooh, I love that. Learn the rules so you can break them like a pro or whatever that quote is. I love that so much. <laughs> and you can tell, Hey, like I feel like when you read something, you can tell when it's an intentional breaking of those rules and that they're in control of that and they're going to bring you back and show you the story the way you kind of want it to play out so do you enjoy the slush pile or is it like what's your is it overwhelming or you're like yes I can't wait to read it (laughs) (laughs) yeah no I love it I mean that's that's how I find others I want to work with that's how I I make a living you know that that's how that's how I I engage in the business so yeah no Query, queries are fun to read. I, I don't have a problem with them. Well, that's good because I'm sure you read quite a few. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do get well, a let's lot. Switch you know? Yeah, just a little bit. Let's switch it back to your writing career because um, at, when I saw that you worked on Jagged Little Pill, well, I have to say, how weird is this? I'm going to Alanis Morissette's concert tonight, right oh, after no this. <laughs> yeah, so... I was just laughing so hard when it all just lined up. Um, and I was like, okay, Alanis, you're watching over us as we speak. Uh, how was that? How was working with her? How was writing the book? I mean, I, it's gotta just be a wild moment in time. Yeah, I mean, it was a lot of fun. You know, I, I was working on it pretty much all of 2021. Um, I, I, I just, I wish it was a more glamorous kind of story because like when I, whenever I tell friends or family about it, they're like, oh my God, Alice Moore said, oh, oh, Diablo Cody, she won an Oscar. Oh, this is, that's so, how did this happen? Like, what was it like? And I was like, oh, it was just a, a lot of email. We, we emailed a lot. And like, I, let me see, between like February and April, I, I was working on like a synopsis to, to adapt the musical and like, I would just email it to them and the team and they would take a look and they would give me notes and we would talk about uh, different story ideas and the way I want to go with the book. And it was just, it was a lot of that. It was just a lot of back and forth, a lot of emailing. Um, they're all very nice, you know, <laughs> like it, it was awesome. Um, but that's, that's really all it was, was a bunch of emails. Um, I did one event with Diablo, which was really cool. You know, she's really, really wonderful and really, really nice. Um, but that was, that was it, you know? 
the yeah pulling behind the curtain the glamorous side right it's like you I have it pictured in your head it's you guys are sitting at the writer's table just like <laughs> sipping coffee together talking about the 90s <laughs> whatever it was that's no I mean the reality of it was in April my wife wanted to go visit her family in Michigan so we drove to Michigan we rented an Airbnb she visited her family and I worked on the book while we were there. And that's, that's when a lot of it got done, you know, um, in between family visits and, and in a random Airbnb in, in Lansing, Michigan. <laughs> I love it though. But that's the thing, like at the end of the day, it's all, it's work, you know, and like, and, and thinking about juggling that on top of agenting, like they're both very demanding there's a lot that you have to pour in of yourself into both so how do you manage that and like avoid burnout and you know look after your mental health and all that jazz yeah it's hard so I I give myself a pretty firm work-life balance um even doing this podcast is kind of rare uh because like 5 p.m that's when the day is over for work uh I leave my computer I leave it at my office like I I have this backup laptop that I'm on right now but uh, I go to my office, I work from nine to five, and then I don't touch my email or my computer until the next day. So like everything needs to get done in that little amount of time. So I'll write during breakfast or I'll write at lunchtime. And then I focus on my, my authors during, during my actual work hours. And that's it, that's it. So I'm um, giving myself pretty firm work-life balance uh, sort of routines there makes it kind of makes it easier in, in a way. It sounds like it's harder because I, I don't let myself write at nighttime or anything, but uh, it makes that time more precious. And, you know, hanging out with my kid is more important than all the books. So that's all the stuff can come later. Mm. Oh, I got to chill. Yeah, I know. It hits, it hits home because it's even like feeling the pressure to be on social media and kind of market yourself and you know constantly being out there it's it does become overwhelming and you know at a certain point it's like oh, okay I can't I can't so no and seeing that you have like a set I'm leaving my laptop uh, well thank you by the way real yeah, quick for coming on here and for doing that but falls on the the evening like my wife and I take turns with bedtime. So this falls on her night for bedtime. So I'm, I'm good to, to chat. <laughs> Perfect. That worked out for us. But it's something I, like finding that balance is so hard. Yeah. And, um, and being firm, I think, is what I really took from you is, is no, at five, I'm done. Yeah, it's so true. And like, I feel like, I used to have like one day I'd be like, okay, Saturday's my day. I don't do any writing. I don't touch it and whatever. And then I found that I was like, but I record on Friday. So I'll just like quickly get it up on Saturday for the podcast. And I do these <laughs> like sneaky little things creep in and whatever, which was fine when I had like a quieter week. And then I had a busy week and I was like, oh my goodness, putting this pressure on myself to and then I was writing on Sunday and I was like, okay, well, if Saturday is not your day off now, you need to pick Sunday. Like it, there needs to be that day that I carve out that you don't do anything because you're right. Otherwise it does just creep in without those kind of firm guidelines of like no writing work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's important to, yeah. Make time for yourself and other people. 
absolutely. Yeah. Well, we totally appreciate you carving out the time to come on and especially knowing the, those, you know, firm deadlines and whatever, it's very, we appreciate it. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> especially, I mean, for someone that you're juggling both ends, you're writer, yeah. you're, you're doing the whole thing. Can we go back to what is like a day in the life mm. of Eric Smith like? Like, when are you starting? How are you doing this? <laughs> Tell us it all. Uh, yeah, I mean, let me see. I, I, I get my kid on the bus every morning and then I, I walk to my office. So usually I get to my office around like 930. Uh, I spend like the first like hour, hour and a half of the day, like getting caught up on all my email because there's there's usually a, a wild amount. And I sort out my queries. I sort out the manuscripts I've requested. I make sure everything's nice and in order. And when I'm all caught up, and the email's cleaned out and I have the stuff that I have to get to, I get to all of that. Um, I try to make sure I'm reading something every day and I, I'm digging through submissions every day. Um, try to make sure I'm checking up on my author's submissions every day. So it's just a, a lot of reading and emails really is what it comes down to. Um, if there's a contract that's in for an author, that usually takes over everything. Like a contract can take a day or two to like just sit and pour over and make sure everything's lining up with previous deals that you've had or if it's a new contract that takes even longer so um it depends on what's on the plate but email that's what tends to always happen like right away um and if there's time you know at the end of the day if like four o'clock hits and i'm i'm feeling good about being caught up in everything then i'll write a little bit maybe a little as a treat <laughs> what's your favorite part of everything like that you really look forward to during the day oh mm, when i get to call one of my authors when it's like when i get to have one of those like hey we have an offer for something let's have a conversation you know time to make dreams come true that's like the best phone call like i love that <laughs> i got to do yeah. that uh, i got to do that yesterday so that felt really good so yeah that's the best uh, Speaking of from the author side, <laughs> whenever I do see my agent's name on my phone, I stop everything and I run <laughs> because I, I mean, hopefully it's usually something good. So, yeah. so it's got to be good knowing that whenever your name pops up on someone's screen, they are running for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's usually, it's usually a good sign. Something, something, something good is happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If it's, if it's not good, I'll get a, a text or an email. So usually the phone call, I'm happy. <laughs> I do that too. I do that too. I think that's a, that's a thing. That seems like a solid way to do it. Cause a call's more overwhelming. So if it's exciting, you kind of want to inject that extra intensity into the excitement. But if it's like something oh, yeah. hard, it's like have it in words, let the writer have a quiet moment to process their pain. <laughs> like, just <laughs> quietly sob in the corner. <laughs> what about like uh, the least favorite part, like a part that you may dread or? Um, the worst part of the agenting thing um, is usually when you have to say no, you know, when it's a conversation where it's like, hey, you know, like this book isn't right for me and you have to send that sort of depressing email to say that you're passing on something. Like yeah. I never like doing that, especially when it's something that I'm kind of excited about, but I just don't know quite how to work on um, or having a conversation with an author who I'm already working with where it's like, Hey, you know, we've come to the end of the road on submissions for this book. Uh, it's time to work on the next thing. And that's, that's the worst because you know, they, 
put a lot of effort into that book and it's it's always a bummer when something doesn't sell yeah. and I feel like it's so important like I always appreciate when agents share that emotional side of it because it's something we've heard from our listeners as well that like ultimately there's a person on the other end of the agenting like especially when you're querying yeah. it's not like this nobody's just like we don't want this from you like they're also like feeling that like we want you to succeed and whatever but obviously there's a limit it's a business and whatever but yeah, it's kind of nice to hear that the hardest part is the same for the agents and the authors, you know. It's just it's just the industry, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, let me ask you real fast. Did you, because we know that you are represented by Jenna Zontian, which we've had her on the yeah. show. We are obsessed with Jennifer. She is a goddess. Um, did, you, did you query, did you have to query like being on your end of things? Yeah, like, oh, yeah. Um, you know, I left my old agent back in 2020, uh, and I had to I had to go pitch again. You know, like that was uh, I had um, what book was out then? Don't read the comments was out, so I had books out. Like I had another book coming out in 2021. Um, but even when you have books out and you have like a career going, like still gotta you still gotta pitch people. Um, so yeah, I, I had to send a I had to send a query letter. I, I emailed Jen. And I was like, hey, I know this is weird because we know each other, but I need a new agent. Here's here's all the stuff I'm working on. What do you think? Um, and yeah, no, it was, it was I had to had to pitch like everybody else. <laughs> and she was probably thrilled that you thought of her. Like that's something I'm realizing as well. Like when you network, it's not like this big taboo to approach people as long as it's like professional and whatever. Like they might be excited to hear from you, you know, and. That's, I was just like, of course she represents you. It's like the awesome people always find each other. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, yeah, what? the story still has to be good though. You know, like I, I have a couple of authors who had books before me and agents before me. And like, even though I was excited to see them in my inbox, like the project they were working on still had to be good. You know, like I still had to want to work on it. Um, but that was the case because they're, they're all great. <laughs> That's awesome. What I want to ask, what advice would you offer to writers getting ready to query or are already querying? You know, I keep hearing it's just this crazy time right now, right? It's just the slush just keeps growing and even submission wise. And so what sort of advice would you offer just all of us? Yeah, I mean, I would just say to be be more patient than you would have been before. Like, I mean, mm. you're already told to be patient because it's publishing and publishing takes forever, but like, like even more so now because most agents and editors who you see on Twitter and you, you, you hear from all the time, they are uh, juggling work and family. They're working from home. You know, they're, they're dealing with uh, the, you know, childcare and all that stuff. So there's a, there's, there's a, there's a delay on, on a lot of things because people, have to also deal with life and, and not just work so it's I, I don't see that stopping anytime soon like I would I would love for it to um, mostly because I worry about everyone's I don't know mental health and ability to not burn out during all this but um uh, people a lot of people are working at home and, and trying to make it happen so it's yeah it, just be patient where everyone's trying their best I promise <laughs> Yeah. I know I told I feel that for myself even today because I'm 
revising at the moment, but, you know, working full time, having kids, trying to be a partner, trying to keep the house (laughs) in order, just all of these things just keep building. And so, you know, finding that patience and the, like, like I was telling Melanie before we hopped on being able to step back and just be like, I'm not doing any of it. I'm just going to relax or I'm going to go see Alanis Morissette. You know, it's that taking the time to do what is really important and that's keeping yourself okay and happy and healthy. And, you know, it just feels like publishing is kind of just a like bleeding of just society in general, right? It's just, we're all just dealing with a thousand things at every second of the day. And I think like, you know, we always say like, it's a marathon, not a sprint, whatever. But like, I think the actual repercussions of that with this is just like, you, you actually just can't continue to push at like a certain level for the length of time it can take for something to happen in publishing. And that's what I'm realizing. Like when I was like obsessed with finding an agent and I was just like, gonna do this, gonna do this, gonna do this nonstop. And like at a point you're just like, this is not, this is not productive. This is not helpful. It's not help. Like you can't keep that output for the length of time it actually takes to get a book published, to find an agent, especially if you're looking for like a good one (laughs) because everyone's (laughs) looking for them too. So it's going to take extra longer if you have those kind of goals and expectations and yeah, that downtime, that rest, that stopping the push for me has just given me back so much enjoyment in life because I'm like, writing is one thing in life that brings me this joy and fulfillment, but there's so much other beauty and stuff that I can get that from too. It's it's definitely a learning yes. curve for us all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Are, are you currently open to queries? I am. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll be open. I, I know we close for like end of August to like early September. So not for a very long time. So a little, there's a little tiny window that we're closed, but yeah, I'm mostly open all the time. Is there something you'd love to see in your inbox? Ooh, um, I'm looking for more of that adult, like genre blendy lit fic. So, you know, again, if you're writing like a family saga, but someone's a magician or something like perfect, just send that to me. Just like, you know, stuff that's a little weird and, and unusual. Uh, tends to work really well for me. Um, looking for rom-coms that do something different. You know, like I like a little bit of genre in the rom-coms. I, I recently sold one called uh, The Spy and I. That's all about a woman who f- gets confused for her top secret agent sister and ends up falling for her sister's partner while they are trying to save her sister. Um, and it's like an action-packed adventure, but it's a it's a rom-com. Yeah, you know, sort of like a... Like the Lost City, if maybe you saw that. Like, you know, it's a rom-com. There's action and mayhem and all that stuff. Um, and then horror. I'd love to find some good horror. Um, but that, that's taking a little while. Yeah. What are you reading and watching at the moment? What's kind of your go-to when you have time? <laughs> I am watching Downton Abbey right now. Uh, I'm on the last season. I know I'm 10 years late, but... Uh, I don't know. I've been like going through and looking up shows that I missed, and that was one of them. I was like, oh, "All right, let's let's give it a shot. Let's see what uh, see what all the uh, all the, the the rich white people are up to." And it's been fun, you know. I I I've been, and then I started 
reading Oh Goldilocks by Laura Lamb, um, which I've been meaning to read for a really long time. Like that falls into that perfect like literary fiction sci-fi kind of space. Um, and it's amazing. It's incredible. Yeah, that's so fun. I love that you're watching Downton Abbey. I just a friend and I just saw the the second movie. I don't know. Like obviously, I was I would not be. <laughs> in that world um necessarily but like every time I watch it I just get this like warm and fuzzy feeling I'm like I would happily serve you guys any day <laughs> yeah. yeah there's like one brown person in like season one and like he dies right away and like, <laughs> like it's not the most diverse show that's for sure but. yeah no they're trying they're you know, I like how the shows are trying to get a little more diversity in there, and I'm happy to see it every time. So, yes. you know, it's good. It's fun. It's like um, Sex and the City. I'm braving the new one that they released, and there's just like some cringe moments. I'm like, they're trying, they're trying. But like, it's also like that kind of guilty pleasure of I know this is shit but it still gives me like that kind of nostalgia from back in my college days and I'm persevering, <laughs> but yes, there's, um, there's work to be done. <laughs> well, we just yeah. so appreciate you taking the time to come on tonight. Is there kind of, I see our times ticked away. Is there any kind of like parting thoughts you'd like to share with writers in the trenches writers on submission and yeah. authors in general. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, just to, again, be patient. It's taking forever. Everyone's trying their best. Um, and to not fall into that mistake of, you know, comparing yourself to everybody else, you know, like right now, especially if you're just starting out and, and trying to get in and things are taking forever. Like when you see that friend of yours, like get that agent, like don't beat yourself up. Like it probably took people forever to get to that friend. It's, it's going to be okay um yeah don't don't get jealous instead uh support your friends when things like that happen I just got another chill because that is just everything I just it's something so human the emotion of jealousy and I just feel like it's one of the it it's one of the most important things long term to be able to like tamp down or just kill entirely <laughs> and just yeah. like there's so much more joy and fun to be had when you're just like living with your friend's excitement because it's such a journey because it's so long like when you're celebrating everything that's happening for your friends it doesn't feel so desolate the journey to yeah. the publishing lands and whatever comes after because there's so much in between parts that are like really freaking hard and like you when you have like that shared mentality of like, I'm so excited for my friend, like sometimes more excited than if it happens for yourself, that's just the sweet spot to be. And it just makes the whole journey so fun and so rewarding. Cause it's like, you're, you're like, you're riding family and you're all just screaming for each other. And, and when the downtimes happen, they're there to support you then, but you can like focus on something that's happening for someone else. And you're like, there is hope, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and just like, yeah, I really, thank you for bringing that up. I love bringing that up because it's just, yes, I can't remember who else, but they were talking about that. Uh, Emily, Emily Feed, she brought that up as well about just mm. finding the joy of like the journey and not just obsessing over those moments for, you know, the jealousy or whatever. It's the journey. 
<laughs> we honestly thank you so much for just joining us for taking the time um like a lot of the stuff you had to say these little bits and pieces are clinging to me because of just life I'm needing to hear this so thank you for all the <laughs> stuff that you have to say honestly and I and I really feel like a lot of our listeners who are writers, who are in the trenches, who are authors, and you know, just the whole board all need that same sort of encouragement of, you know, just be patient. And we're all humans at the end of the day and, you know, support, support each other. Yeah, yeah, and thanks. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah it was great. <laughs> We'll have to have you on when your next book comes out and we'll yeah. touch all about that as well. Totally. All right, sounds good. Yeah. And where can our listeners find you just before we let you go so they can on Twitter? Yeah. yeah. So you can find me as uh, Eric Smith Rocks on Twitter. Um, and that's also my website, ericsmithrocks.com, where I have lots of querying advice. So if you have concerns about query letters or book proposals or researching agents, there's a resources tab. And uh, I hope it helps you on your journey. Thank you so much. And we're going to let you go and go into your Zen space with the laptop shut now. But thank you so much for joining us. And yeah, we'll see you again, I'm sure. <laughs> and have a good one, you too. <laughs>